Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm your host, Natalie Drenovac, and this is The Modern Women, a show that seeks to share the stories and experiences of women that may be out of our line of sight. Welcome to part two of season three's anonymous episode. And as I always like to mention with these anonymous episodes, their aim is to give a variety of women their own platform. So you're aware, in context and understanding, I highly encourage you to take the time to listen to part one before you dive into this episode. And if you haven't subscribed to The Modern Women, be sure to do so now so you don't miss any upcoming episodes and can get notified for when they go live. And if you love this episode or any others, ensure you're sharing it with another modern woman in your life. As sometimes happens, the conversation isn't over when we think it's over. And just after I stopped recording, I asked about children and lo and behold, this incredible conversation unfolded. Uh, Kate doesn't, has never thought that she would have kids and it's never been something that has been important to her. Um, She's never liked kids. Yeah, but what do you want? I, if you asked me right now and I had to make a decision today, I would say no. Today, today, but at 26 years old. No, but in the future. If you said, well, but it's, it's too hard to... To determine what I'm, I may or may not want in the future because you've always wanted kids. Well, I've always thought that at one point in my life I would like to have kids, and I still think that. I still think that there will come a point in my life where I say, "Yep, you know what? I'm now ready to have a kid or kids." I think you're right. But I think you're right. I've never come to that point. So what, no, growing well, up, you're very young still. But growing up, you think, "Oh, you know, 24, 25, 26. That's when I'm going to have a kid." You it, used it, to write names so you, down yeah. for your, for oh, your kids. <laughs> you are so having kids. Well, okay. Yeah. But do you know what's harder though? Being a lesbian. Like I often say to Lisa, if we were a heterosexual couple and one night we're looking into each other's eyes and let's thinking, "Oh my god, let's make a baby." We would make a baby. Mm. But because you have to go through this moment where you're like, hmm, who's our sperm donor? Hmm, how will we do this? And there's so many more decision-making processes, which is what yeah, I think. Yeah, but it's totally doable, right? Yes, there are a few extra steps, but it's totally doable. And and I think your maternal drive is pretty bloody strong. Yeah, you know, well, I, I think it is to the point that um, I still think that in the future I will want kids. But it's not just me. It's where in a where it's part of a marriage now and if I get to that point that I decide that I do want to have a kid and Kate is still at the point where she thinks that she doesn't then that's how do you how do you navigate that correct how do we navigate it well who's the who's the the you know submissive and who's the dominant I don't think it's about submissive and dominant I actually think that it's more about 
you cannot bring, I don't think that you can bring a child into this world if both parents aren't equally as wanting of that child. I think that that's well, well, the wrong that, approach. Well, dad didn't want kids, but once he had them, he loved them. Well, you can speak to Kate about that. <laughs> I, I feel like your mum is volunteering to pay for your IVF, though. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, if for you sure. pay for IVF, I, it might help. How much is it? <laughs> it's like 15 <laughs> grand a first pop. Done. <laughs> what else? <laughs> what else can I get? I actually think it's more expensive than that. What happens if you don't have kids because Kate doesn't want them, and then you—it's a real grief yeah, for you. We well, before we got married, actually, we we did have a discussion about you know what, and Kate was the one that brought it up, and she said, you know, before we get married, I want to have a, a chat with you about the prospect of you being ready for a kid and me not because that is a real prospect. And um, she said, I want you to think about that and I want us to be to be confident or to have some kind of view of what we would do because if that's something that would break our marriage up, then we need to be clear of that now and understand yeah, that now. Yeah, but you don't know, you didn't know then what you're going to feel like you've already said in, in five no, years' No, but my, my feelings towards wanting to have kids – as I sit here today, were the same before we got married. So it's the same perspective. Do you still feel like you'd like to have them? Yes, but in future. But the conversation that I had with Kate was, well, for me, I would choose you over having a child. Right, so that was my next question. And so the you, relationship you preserve the relationship over that, that whatever that drive is Absolutely. For you I would rather have her and no kids than not have her and have kids. Well, that's pretty special then, right? Yeah. Not so good for me, but... Well, no, but, you know, <laughs> who knows what's going to come in five years' time. And that's... We've kind of... We've drawn a line in the sand now to say versus, you know, putting the pressure on ourselves now and... Oh, 100%. Saying that... Don't, the last thing you want to do is rush plan it, right? Or not plan to have kids when yeah, both yeah. of us... Um, go up and down in in terms of mm. whether or not we think that we would like it. We'd say, why don't we just check in at a time in our lives where we think that it might be an opportunity to have kids when we're financially stable, when we have a property or we have a, a solid sort of home, um, when we're both in you know long term sort of stable jobs, so to speak, and we're just not there yet. So we don't want to knowing how much can change sure, in sure. a short period of time, like yep. you know. Look, at the end of the day, I mean, I always thought you would have kids because you are maternal yeah. and you are, you know, that's, that's been a, a part of you. But uh, the only thing that matters is happiness, even though I'm going to miss out. But, but why do you want grandkids so much? Oh, my God, I'd love it. But why? Like, so I always laugh at my siblings. parents. Oh. But I, I always laugh at my parents, right, where they're like, Thank God you've moved out of home, et cetera, et cetera. Now I can have my life. And then, but then there's like that subtle nudge where I'm it's not like, saying I want to look after them five days a week. Hello. I'm not saying that. Uh, look, it, it, it's, it's just this love thing. I know when I hold any of your babies, it's going to blow my freaking mind. <laughs> it's just going to be so much love that like I want I want to cry just thinking about it <laughs> I have a question what if um George's wife it was George's wife's um egg etc cetera, etc cetera, would that good question that's a good question would you still feel that maternal uh yes I don't know if it would be yes I would because because it's George's as well and you know and and you know Kate your wife and I have have worked through a lot of a lot of stuff right you have, yeah um 
I have a stepdaughter. She's so she's not my biological daughter, but I love her to bits. So I think that it would be uh, would be a deep love, and I I think it's probably not as an automatic love, but I I think it's a love that that would would just flow on. Yeah, it's funny that you say that though, because um, if we did ever have a kid, it's a want for me in terms of a maternal want that we do have one that is biologically mine that is important to me so the the drive that I have like the vision of myself being a mother and it is something that I I do really want in in the future but I don't want to say it's absolutely going to happen because you haven't knows, navigated that I yet. haven't you're navigated just, you yet haven't won that argument yet <laughs> is what you're saying I'll help one way that you could look at it but I think the the want comes from having a child that is biologically mine and being able to have a, a similar kind of relationship with that child that I do with mum in terms of that, you know, unconditional understanding and love and be able to see something that you create and help sort of nurture it into the world. And, you know, I know that it would be a, a similar kind of relationship, I'm sure, if it was Kate's egg. But for me, having something that is is um, biologically a, a part of me is is something that I think that I would love. How do you feel, will she feel the same thing if you have a child with, with, with your egg? Will she also find that more, a little bit more difficult? No, I, for her, if we did decide to have kids, it's not, she doesn't have the same importance around whether it's her egg or my egg. For her, I know that she would be able to love the child in, in both instances exactly the same way. So she doesn't have that drive. She's not as maternal as you are. She's not as maternal as me. So I I think that the decision from her perspective would probably be more so I want to have a child with you in terms of how we create that child. That's not important to her. For her, the importance is that we're financially stable, that we're in a position where we're done with travel. And I think her main concern is that she doesn't see um, any of our friends who have kids um, and their relationship not having changed in some way. And f- the perspective that she has is you know, our relationship is is so great and it is so genuinely great and we're so genuinely happy and she is so worried that that would change and that my love would go from her to this little human. And she would be second. And she would be second. And she fears that so greatly because... And to be honest, that's probably exactly what would happen. <laughs> yeah. To, to some extent, it's, to a some dif- extent. it's a different love. But, but yes. you know, the, 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 the mother-child thing is overwhelming. And she, she knows that it would be that for me. Do you think you'd ever have I know this? that would be like that for you. So you're not helping the case do you, with that. Do you think though, like, and this is not to be building a case against having or not having a kid, <laughs> but I think this is the question have it, that's, have it. that's percolating. Um, from what I can understand of those women who do really want a kid or even from perhaps what your mum's echoing, that you would start to build a resentment and how would that change your relationship? You, I really feel that at some point you will go, this is a need, an overwhelming need that I have I haven't met. Look, I I think that what it will come to, if I was going to say how I think that we'll end up getting to that point, I think it will get to a point where I'm sort of 28, 29 in a few years time and I would say to her, "You know what? Um I'm at the point where I would be ready now if you turned around and said, 
I also want to have a child at some point, I would say, let's do it now. We're in a good position. We've traveled. We've done everything that we wanted to do. Um, we're in the position where we could bring a child into this life and be supported and X, Y, and Z. Um, and I think that you guys earn enough now. You could do it. Do it. <laughs> I think that that's a conversation that we will have at that point. Um, and I know that. If will you be resentful though? I won't if because you don't have it. We've had that have conversation this, already. Have little. You've logically agreed we've, to something. We've logically agreed that if it came to that, um, mm-hmm. I would be upset. Mm-hmm. And I think that I it would be something that I would need to overcome. But. I know that my position wouldn't change in that if I had to choose between her or having children, I would still choose her. Would I you know feel less of her for not giving you your greatest want, need, desire at that point? No, because I, I know that she would want to do that for me, mm-hmm. but I also know that that wouldn't be the right approach to bringing a child into the world that she you wanted just, to do it for You said she me. would love it regardless. It doesn't have to be her own. Well, would she then resent me for... Mm. So I have a question. Would you resent Georgia's wife if she came... (laughs) If she came... If Georgia came to you one day and said, Mum, all that crazy shit you were talking about, I really want a bun in my oven, I want a kid, my wife is not wanting that. I wouldn't resent Kate. That's nothing to do with me. That's that's their relationship. And Kate's been... Your wife's been very clear from the beginning uh, where she stood. However, if you're asking me, is this going to be really important to Georgia? Yes, it is. A hundred percent it is. And start talking about it now. We, we do. We talk yeah, about it all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Because if you don't, and you know, it's not, I don't. Okay, I do care if you don't. <laughs> <'Cause> I, <'cause laughs> I was going to say, I don't care. Okay, but I do care. But you get paid um, five there's plenty of people that don't bring kids in the world and it's a shitty world sometimes to bring kids into, right? So that, that's entirely your call. But I really feel that you are going to struggle if you emotionally if you don't. Um, I think I will. You, I, I agree with you. I think I would struggle emotionally. But I also think that I would be able to overcome that just like I've overcome everything else in my life. But oh, I you're, you're fundamentally, <laughs> how do you keep it together? Like you are 26 and even when I spend time with you, I don't, very, I, very, I forget very that you're 26. mature for her age, right? But you go through a lot and it seems like you carry a lot of weight on your shoulders. Like how do you keep it together? Um, I think that I, do you carry a lot of weight on your shoulders? I would have said you did at one point, but you don't now. I I definitely I definitely did it at one point, absolutely. But I think that that point has turned me into a person that very quickly figures out if a situation is bullshit or not, and to um, determine who is genuine versus who is not very quickly, and um, it's probably more impacted the trust that I have in people. I think I'm very careful with who I give my time to and who I don't. And I think it it set me up for a life where I'm very conscious of wanting to have genuine conversations with people, wanting to have genuine friendships. Um, And I feel like my approach 
with those friendships is is more authentic and um, more raw and more honest. Um, and I think that that gives the perception that I, I have it all together. It's probably more so that um, I talk openly with people that I trust because I'm not in situations where I need to be guarded and I, I don't give those people my time. So I'm, I'm not um, superficial or on the surface with people that I, I don't have that trust in. What are your biggest fears then if you look kind of ahead into the future? My biggest fears for the future um, are probably that I, I won't find something that I'm passionate about. Um, I think I've progressed very quickly in a um, role within a, a big corporate company um, doing something that truthfully I don't love and um, I don't want to look back on my life and regret this time that I've spent in this role making this big company money um, selling a product that I don't truly care about. Um, And so for me, it's just trying to find my passion, whatever that is. I've I've found the perfect relationship. I've got a great family. Um, I have an awesome friendship base now, but I'm missing the purpose for my life outside of all of that. Um, And my greatest fear is that I won't ever truly discover it. Do you have any fears for your mum? Like I know as I get older, I think about my parents' mortality a fuckload more. (laughs) (laughs) You're not supposed to laugh at that. I didn't laugh. You all did. Like I'm just curious, like – just do you have any fears do you think about anything or I know I have certain friends and they think about if their parents get ill um oh shit their life trajectory will drastically change they'll have to take care of them and things like that you know like like screw having your child nice kids you no, but like I just mean like are they things that you ever think about or do you, you have any other fears friendships. for your mom um, look I, I I've never thought that far into I the feel future. like we would be too sort of powerful or something for you to fear about that yeah you are 20 years time maybe she can think that but not quite yet yeah I think in my mind you know I I know and you know you asked me this question like would I be by your side um (laughs) you're definitely just a horribly morbid question even yeah but but it's a thing right we're all gonna die right absolutely but and yeah it's it's always been that that's just always been a given for me i've I've never once sort of thought oh would I or won't I be like I know that i I will be with you every step of the way um but that is a a future thought that I haven't expanded on in any way that's very much well that's a future thing to deal with, but I don't see it going. Anyway, no, no, close no, that's to that, especially not your father. He's, with his genes, he's going to be 110. Oh, right? dad will live forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. W- one of the things that I, we sort of didn't get to talk about it, and now I've forgotten what the fuck it was. <laughs> <laughs> How did that be there? What was I just going to say, George? One of the things I've forgotten yeah, to talk about. Yeah, apart from that. <laughs> we're just talking. Like, this might not be in the audio. Yeah, I just no, wanted to record right, this because we were right. having such that's good right. yes. audio. Because we stopped, and we stopped talking juicy now that you're audio. Yeah, you know I know. That. It's like, where was all that stuff about yeah. being, okay, to, no, I want to go. some juicy questions. Yes. Great. Let's, let's go all back right. to the fact of. Um, oh, I remember what I was about to, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Go. Okay. Here's the thing. When you're on, the thing that, that is the hardest in life, here's George, this is, this is for you and a few girls, 
that if you get it wrong is going to keep you awake at night is relationships. It's not money. It's not what people think of you. It's not, you know, what you got or what handbag or your haircut. The thing that keeps me awake at night is relationships, whether if my relationships with the people that matter, how how they are now. What the fuck that's got to do with it all, I don't know, but I, that was one thing I wanted to get out. Relationships <laughs> are important. <laughs> I totally think they're important. I think as you get older, it's, you start is, to realise, oh, actually. the most important thing. Do I, I, I have... That's right, the deathbed thing. That's what I thought of relationships. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to, as we were talking about, obviously your daughter started uh, a very controversial relationship and then we actually veered into this random topic about Christmas and you were highlighting um, this idea of losing your daughter twice and then simple things like Christmas create a fear within you. Yes. Yes. So because we, because it was, it was a huge loss, a huge grief, like it was the, the most painful uh, thing in my life and uh, I think because of that there will always be a wound I will always carry a wound and I think if if anyone's going to hurt me not deliberately but I'm more susceptible to my daughter probably because of you know this this vulnerability and love I I have for her Uh, so like it's really Generally hard to upset me, but I will often cry because Georgia will choose not to, you know, spend, not choose not to, but with circumstances, not come to Christmas. And that will, that will be this, this fear will bubble up again and I, I will get really distressed. And I know rationally it doesn't make any sense, but emotionally it's, I want her to say, mum, I'm coming to you. I don't care about anything else. I'm coming to you, and I, I and that's unfair of me to ask, but but that's a that's a need I have. I have a need for her to say, "I love you. It's okay. I'm coming to you." Yeah, and I think for me, it's it seems like it's such an irrational fear that you have because, from my perspective, I I love you so much, and but I lost you. You didn't love me. It I know you did, but it felt like you didn't, and that was something with that. I could never ever perceive could have happened. We were we were so close and then you were gone. But I think it says more about the fact that we have come back together after having gone through that. Like if if that sort of true love, unconditional love wasn't there, then I don't think we would have come back together the way that we have. And the fact that we've overcome that and we've mended the relationship to the fact where to the point where it's potentially stronger than it ever could have been outside of having gone through that life event, I, I would hope that that shows you that something, you know, as trivial as, as a Christmas day, well, from, from what I perceive it to be anyway, where for us it's just a horrible time of travelling to all different yeah, people yeah, and no, it, it and doesn't I have that, the same and I don't want connotation. you to put that through, through and the Christmas day thing aside – I I will always be vulnerable to you. Always. I know. Out of everyone in the world, you can wound me. I know. And I I feel that as well, right? And I think Which it, is a pressure on you. It links yeah. back to what I was kind of saying back in, you know, the beginning where Nat said, you know, the relationship of what we have now. Like I know that you are so susceptible to my emotions and what I feel to the point where you embody them yourself. And 
um, it's just because you just have this, you know, innate need to understand exactly what I'm going through to be able to help me and do uh, it and, with and, me. Oh, well, my need is to be loved by you. That is yeah. that is the big need I have to know that you're safe and to be loved by yeah. you. That That is the overwhelming need I, I yeah. have. And the biggest thing for me is that that love is always there and it's never going to die and it, it's never going to falter. And it's how can Good. I make you see that to the – and trust that and understand that to the point where it doesn't become this overbearing fear that you have towards – And pressure on you, right? You the must relationship feel the pressure – I, oh, geez, I don't feel that no it's it's not a, it's not about that it's not about that at all I think the only thing that I would say is it is um it's a pressure in that I don't want to you know put upset my you don't want, I don't want you to upset hate upset me yes. I know that yeah. and sometimes I explode with grief because you look sideways so I think that that is pressuring you have uh, other children correct I do um this just came to mind. Uh, did they ever have resentment towards Georgia for having so much attention towards her during that time they, in your uh, life? Uh, yeah, well, yes, yeah. huge. In fact, did. I didn't uh, – that was another part of my coping was be, because there was um, – they could not handle – could not. they felt that she had abandoned us. She was there and then she wasn't emotionally and physically and that was – they felt abandoned. Uh, and you know that that was a big deal because I had to say to them, "This is not the case. She hasn't abandoned you. She loves you. This is something that's happening. She's going through." And so I was trying to manage all these relationships. And in the meantime, you're feeling isolated. Uh, yeah, huge, huge. Is there any carrying resentment like residue from that, or? Um, it was a a big thing that I I went through, particularly with my brother. Um, we know didn't speak for a number of years because of that and that was something that was his choice I think it was too hard for him to understand why I could possibly do that and his perspective was as mum said I left him like why did you leave me um with especially with with parents that were dealing with a trauma at the same time and I remember saying to him I said one one day you'll you'll fall in love and you will understand and um I'm I I'm sorry and it's you know something that I I wish that I could have both worlds and I wish that I could have kept my relationship and had all of my family but that just wasn't a, an option at that time It felt like it wasn't an option it might have been an option if things were were done differently it you might know, have maybe been, maybe, yeah. maybe not but Yeah but uh, you know all the trauma and drama around it might have been might yeah. have been different. But you were so jolly young. Yeah. Do you both look hard. back and have a mutual understanding of whose responsibility it was? Was what? Well, for example, um, do you either go, "Hey, it was my responsibility and my fault as to the breakdown of our relationship," or and and or do you say, "Hey, actually, it was your fault, Mum, because you didn't understand." Like, do you both have a mutual? It was both. Yeah, we I, both played I a part. I think it was both. I think yeah. that um, the way in which you know, I it it was revealed and it, it was you know discovered and it came out in the open and the fact that I hid it and kept it as a secret, so to speak, for so long. Um, you know, if you ask me now why I did it, I I don't truly know other than the you fact were that I was protecting what we had and the thought of 
of losing that was just um, overwhelming and overpowered. Well, you thought you found who you were, right? Uh, yeah. I, and that's a big that's a big deal to have found who you were at that age is yeah. is is a, is a huge deal. Yeah, and it, it was scary. I think to 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 find someone that I knew was this person that I was supposed to be with, but in a controversial setting where I knew that it there would be. Um, all sorts of ramifications sorts and judgments. Of, uh, yeah. And, and, and you lost your golden girl pedestal. Absolutely, absolutely. And that was huge, right? It was significant, yeah. yeah. So, George, if you were to right now look back and have a conversation with that 18-year-old self, what would you say? Speak to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say um, trust your gut and your heart I think you know the the biggest thing for me a lot of people who sort of know the the true story and the details often ask me um how hard was that choice of wanting to fight for this person and I always say well that was never a choice it was never something that I had to decide to do it was just what I was going to do there was no other option for me I was going to fight for her and I was going to spend the rest of my life looking for her if we were separated and there was a time where we were and that was just became my lifelong mission um but George is very you've got a huge heart right I I do and I I knew and you know we're eight eight and a half years on and we're so happily married and it's it's we just have the most incredible life together and we always have done it's just always been that incredible incredible love nothing has changed from the the passion and the the um that feeling of um completeness that we've always had um but the one thing that I I do regret is I've hurt so many people along that process whether it's um you know subconsciously or whether it's it's consciously and lashing out you know what no one no one gives a damn because you're back we love you you love us so So that's not something you should ever have waste any energy on whatsoever. I mean, at the end of the day, really, and I don't believe the universe sends you lessons because that's just crap. But but you know, we have all come out of this in a really strong, stronger position. Yeah, it makes total sense though why she perhaps may be a bit tender about having a kid and splitting that attention. <laughs> yeah. It makes, like, if you really think about it, you have, yeah, you have such a deep bond. Like, I know it's certainly one of the reasons why when Lisa and I talk about it, we're like, we really like our life and we like our life together and the way that our bond and relationship is. Yeah. Um, Is one of you more going to be, uh, going to be more maternal than the other, do you think? Oh, in regards to the fact of would I be the one who'd have to have the baby? Yeah, <laughs> according to, to according to Lisa, that's the case. Um, <laughs> do I think Lisa um, would become more like maternal, loving, caring, waking up, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, 100%. Who's going to have the drive to have it? Who's Neither. Be we don't one? want children. Are you going to be the one that you're going to wake up one day and go, I really want to have a kid? No, no, like, no, okay, we, right, we've like right. had this Would you chat. also pay for the IVF? Can I have it? Yeah, will you pay oh, for my I, IVF I will, if I, I ever yes, decide? I <laughs> Fuck. I don't think any of my IVF parents are paying for, for my IVF. <laughs> anyway, so talk to your kids, right? <laughs> yeah. Establish communication, work hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I just want to, I guess, finish on this. If you were to offer people who have ever had a struggle with their parents, uh, sorry, with their children or with their mothers, um, what would you say? Like having gone through what you've gone through and although there's been a bit of a um, 
surface level chat around what the depths of what you you both actually shared what would you say in terms of going through that peril and where you've ended up well one of the best advice that I ever had and it was from Sue who who navigated our our you know over a couple of years our 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 amazing psych person and she would keep saying to me because I would I would I would panic I would have absolute panic attacks she would say to me relax trust in the work that you've done so you know parents trust in the work that that you've done because you know that those are the the hours the years the, what the about, energy the love but what about parents who aren't doing the work well then they should be so you know what yeah. can you say to that it's it's the work it's the it's the loving it's the being with them it's the when they're from from the beginning that's that's the work that's what i mean not not you know going to counseling whatever it's trusting in what you, where you have done up to date the the love and the energy and the commitment to your child and and it'll it'll pay off and and she was she was right i mean i thank my lucky stars that george decided that she wanted to come back to us because i you know she didn't have to she had her own life so i'm so grateful to the non-existent gods her <laughs> that she chose to come want to work hard to come back and and that's yeah huge what Trust. made you what made you come back um it's funny because from my perspective i i think that it wasn't necessarily that i was coming back to you it wasn't a choice of okay now i'm ready to come back i think um in my mind it was you know kate and i are a team we're a partnership and you can have both of us or you can have none of us and i think for me i felt that you weren't ready to accept both of us until a certain point. Um, and I think that there were was a time where we both decided that it was something that we wanted to work towards and it was something that we wanted to try to do. And I've, I feel like it wasn't a case of I'm leaving and now I'm coming back. It was a case of when we're ready to actually work towards having a relationship that involves both of us as part of this family unit at that point, that's when we can pick back up and try and mend and and try to create. I see this it new really differently. Unit. I see it really. It was you and I. It it was there was no one else. It was you and I that came back to each other. Kate wasn't involved at that stage. It was it was always you and I. It was uh, you know dad and and your beautiful baby brother. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. In that. When thing. I when yeah. I say family unit, I'm also saying you. Like I completely agree with the fact that it was you. And obviously, Kate didn't come into the mix for a while. She it, didn't. It was always you and I. And and it wasn't matter of me accepting accepting that or 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 her. It was you and I. Yes, but I, I think that the point in, in which I wanted to or that I, I thought that we could try and come back together to mend this relationship was a point where I thought that you were in a position where you could work on with me inviting Kate as back in or Kate into this family unit, so to speak. That's I was literally looking at that and you're like, 
it was me and you. And you're like, hey, it was all of us coming together. She's like, not a chance. I was because it's I'm the priority. It was you it, and I. It wasn't it was a party because because in our family, it's Georgia and and I. Mm. We're we're the that's that's where the biggest bond is. Yeah. Not saying that that everyone doesn't love and adore and cherish her, but it's it's you and I. Hope my brother's listening to this. Yeah, he won't. Don't let him. Not you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're going to get so much. I hope you've enjoyed yourselves immensely. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Modern Women. If this content is delivering value to you, it would be so helpful and appreciated if you head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and rate and review us as that helps us build this incredible community. And ultimately, that is what this is all about, building this community as big as we can to help as many women as possible. And all of your ratings and reviews truly help with that. And before I go, a shout out to Chunky Love for the original music and to Mr. Darren Lake over at Podpace for helping me produce this show for all of you. 